Hi, Jade. My question is, is there a future for women and men in our industry that want to just be a technician without training? Because what I'm noticing is there's a lot of people, almost everybody I look up to is training, but I'm not seeing the success stories of people in our industry that are just good technicians and succeeding in this journey. So I'm just finding myself wondering, is that the only way to success in this industry? I just don't want to be a trainer. I don't feel ready to be a trainer. I just feel it's disingenuous to start training, to train ourselves and then start training other people when we don't have experience under our belt. But it seems this is the only recipe to success from what I see online. And I was just wondering if there's other success stories that are different. Hey, Tumi, thank you so much for submitting this question. It was a pleasure hearing your voice, having you on the podcast. And I have to admit, I was really excited to answer this question because there were so many different directions that I could go. But for the short, quick answer, absolutely, you can be highly successful, have a very, very lucrative career just being a technician without having to scale your business going to the training route. And so if you can relate to Toomey and have looked at the PMU industry and have wondered, is training the only way I can make a ton of money? Then this episode is perfect for you. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jade Hernandez, a camouflage tattoo artist and educator. I help beauty bosses effectively market their business and become the authority in their field, close more leads and make more money. In the past six years, I've launched two successful beauty businesses to multiple six figures with over a hundred five-star raving reviews and several media press spotlights. While most marketers will tell you to hustle and work harder for success, I'll show you how to create more value from the inside out so that you work less, make more, and truly expand and transform your business and life. This is the Beauty Expanded Podcast. Okay, so first things first, the definition of success looks different for each and every one of us. And it most likely is an ever-evolving, breathing thing that changes every year. I know for me personally, what I thought was a measure of success in my 20s was very, very different than where it is today. And that's because my life has changed. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner. And so I think the first thing you have to do is really get very clear and intentional on what your definition of success is right now and being okay with having that change and evolve as time goes by. As you meet some of your successful measurements and then that begins to open up and expand your business into different directions. And so I think it's a living, breathing thing which serves no purpose in your life to compare your measure of success to someone else's. That's the great thing about being a business owner is that we get to literally design our business in a way that feels most aligned with the quality of life that we want to live and experience on a daily basis. For some people, it's only working a couple of days a week and making X amount of income so that they can travel and spend time with their families. I know some artists who have partners who financially support them. And so any money that they make on the side is play money. And the measure of success is having a profitable side hustle or side business, side hobby that gives them the opportunity to help people feel really beautiful, confident, which brings pleasure and fulfillment in their life, 
but also be able to make extra play money that they can take their kids to Disneyland and vacations and have all these really fun toys. And so that measure of success is going to be very different from someone else's. I remember talking to an artist at the PMUCon conference in Houston. She's an incredible artist and she used to work two jobs. We were having this discussion one night and then she had cancer and experiencing cancer completely shifted her life perspective in many different levels. Now, today, she would much rather spend time with her family and her kids and work only, I don't know, two or three days a week and be able to meet people and socialize and help women feel beautiful. And that's the definition of success to her because of what she's been through. It was more important for her to have a quote unquote successful life that is measured by the quality of time that she gets to spend with her family versus in the treatment room per se. I also think of one of the artists in Canada who I aspire to be. Her work is amazing and she's been in the industry for a really, really long time. I remember when I first stepped into the tattooing world, she was one of those, and she still is, an artist that I looked up to. I was like, wow, her work is incredible. Her vibe is awesome. I just love everything about her, her style, her aesthetic. And she doesn't train. And it's so interesting because I remember there was a point where every year I would touch base with her and I would ask her, do you do any training? Do you offer any training? And her answer would always be no. And I would then reach out to her the next year, ask her, hoping that maybe something would have shifted in her. She'd change her mind. And she had just posted something on her Instagram. So she showed up on my feed and the comment that was right underneath her photo was, you really need to start offering training. To this day, I would say she is the epitome of a tattoo artist who has learned how to scale her business in different ways without going to the educational route. And she doesn't train. And I really value and respect that in her because... Not every person who trains should be training, but you can say that with any industry. Not every attorney should be practicing law. Not every car salesperson should be selling cars. Not every waitress should be serving people. And the PMU industry is no different. So there's a couple of directions that I like to go with answering this question. One is the topic of scaling. Scaling your business doesn't have to mean you go the educational route. I think scaling your business can also be maximizing your time spent in your business. When we think about time in general, and this is actually the phase that I'm in with my business, is looking at time very differently as actually being our most valuable resource and currency because you can't ever make more time up, right? But you always have the ability to make more money. And so when I think about time versus money, I actually am in the phase of my business right now where I'm learning to prioritize and value my time more so than actual money. And the reason for that is because you always have the ability to make more money, but you don't have the ability to make more time. And so I'm learning how to scale my business in a way that affords me more time doing what I really want to do or nothing at all, because that's also part of utilizing my time is in order for me to be creative and to think of different things to do, I need to have time to just nurture that and to do nothing and to be in stillness and to be in quiet and to be in the rest of things and not constantly exerting my energy in the doing mode of things, which 
we can easily wrap ourselves into being business owners. And so I've known that in order for me to really nurture and cultivate the creative side of me, right? Like the artistic side of me, I need to be able to value the rest and time just as much as I respect and value the doingness of getting shit done. And so how I've been able to scale my business using the currency of time, which means that I'm exchanging my time for X, Y, and Z, just as I would exchange dollars to get a product or a service done. I'm thinking of time in the same way. And so what I've done to scale my business or to scale my time in my business is by hiring really key pivotal people in my business that can replicate and do some of the busy work for me. So that way I have more time to be present in my mentorships, to book a coaching call, to journal, to spend a day doing self-care and taking a break from my business. And that's one way that I've been scaling my business. You can also scale your business by hiring more employees to do more services within a shorter amount of time versus you being the only sole provider in your business. You can also scale your business by more of the franchise model, opening up different locations, replicating your business like a machine to serve more people, hire more employees. Another suggestion is you could also scale your business by adding more services under your brand. And then, of course, you can scale your business by offering higher ticket services, such as training or educational programs. And that is where a lot of people are scaling their business. But it's not the only way. You can also scale your business by just being a highly skilled and talented technician and increasing your prices. I remember a long time ago, I was following a writer and I'm just thinking about this right now. I was reading one of his blogs and he was talking about how he's a writer and he's come to this conclusion that when you step into the entrepreneurial world, scaling your business seems to be the catalyst for a lot of people. People are always asking you, how are you going to grow your business? What more can you do? What more will you do? What more should you do? And there's always this element of where you are right now isn't enough, that you should always be doing more. And where his blog, and this is just refreshing my memory, where his blog was kind of going was, well, what if I'm just happy with where I'm at today? Because he was highly talented at what he did. And yet I think he had like also hired some employees, grew his business more towards the digital advertising route, and then decided that that's not where he wanted it to go. Because oftentimes I remember a therapist that I had had once told me more money, more problems. And there is an element of truth to that. And I don't think that's a bad thing or a good thing. I just think that that's just the way that it is. The bigger your business grows, the more problems you're going to have to solve or different problems are going to be coming up. But problems never go away, one. And then two, the goal, or at least my ultimate goal, is always to replace problems for even better problems. Like my goal is to have multi-million dollar problems. My goal is to have so much time on my hands, I don't know what to do type of problems. Because you're a business owner before you are a PMU artist or a camouflage tattoo artist. We are in the industry of solving problems. That's what entrepreneurs do. And to think that one day you'll never have problems or to have that goal would essentially take your business out because your business exists because you are here to help solve problems. And so back to the writer that I was talking about, 
is he was essentially saying, I'm happy with where I'm at and I don't want to scale my business in the way that most people are going. And that's okay. And I was really inspired by that blog post myself because it's so true. There's always so much pressure when it comes to trends. But I also believe that if you want to shift that perspective, you can simply ask the universe to show proof of highly skilled technicians that aren't training who are also very successful. And Shaughnessy from Instagram is a really great example of that. And she's the PMU artist that I was just talking about, where she scaled her business by opening up different locations. So she started off in Canada and they recently opened one up in LA. And she has other artists that work under her brand. And then I think she also opened up like a coffee tea shop, which is so cool. And so she is the epitome of a highly, highly skilled technician who has found other outlets to creatively express herself and her talents and also be able to scale her business in a way that doesn't involve training. And so I think if you begin to ask the universe for more examples of that, you're going to slowly notice other people that are living proof of what you may desire, if that's even what you desire. I have a friend in Vegas. He does train, but he doesn't train a lot. He's a highly skilled SMP artist who brings in anywhere between 50 to 60K a month. So he doesn't need to train if he doesn't want to. That's just in services alone. And what I really value and admire about him is that he's undercover. Like not a lot of people, well, a lot of people know about him who are looking for services, but I would say within the SMP world, within the PMU industry, He's not super well-known in the sense that he's at these conferences and these expos speaking. But when I think about the profit that he's making in his business, I am just so inspired and motivated by that because everything about this guy is the opposite of ego. He's so humble, he's so talented, and he really just stays in his lane and focuses on his business. And a lot of those speakers at those expos and conferences aren't bringing home I can almost guarantee aren't bringing home the kind of money that he is. And so I just really have always respected and admired him for being quiet and being undercover and highly, highly successful. Now, with that being said, I can only speak for myself. I got into training because I had been trained poorly several, several times, and I knew that there was a better way to do this. That's what motivated me was to provide a training program that I felt was in full integrity and that I still feel like it's in full integrity that was going to provide artists the support that they need, as well as the tattooing fundamentals that were going to be pivotal in the start of their career. That's why I got into the industry, because I saw that there was this huge gap of what I would deem as integrity. But I didn't know if I was going to enjoy teaching. Again, not everyone he teaches should be teaching. So when I first started, I started with, I believe, five students, all separate times. So there were one-on-one -on -one trainings, and it was what I called a beta program. And I let them know that. So when I was marketing years ago, that I was thinking about training, I did tell them that it was a beta program, that I was essentially going to be trying it on for size. They would get a huge discount for training with me because they were also going to be helping me to develop my training book and the program itself. And I figured before I took on the five artists, I figured five for whatever reason was going to be the magical number that was going to help me decide at the very end 
whether or not I was going to dive in with two feet into training. And I gave myself that room and grace to be like, you know, this is a beta program. If it doesn't work, at least you tried it. At least you gave, you know, a great effort and it's okay. If if training isn't your thing, it's not your thing. But at least I kind of gave myself a way to dip my toes in it, experiment, explore it without any other pressure that this has to happen by that time that you're done with your five students. So I did a year of that and I realized that I really, really enjoyed it. And I think that's also one of the reasons why our program is phenomenal. And that doesn't come from any place of ego. It comes from a place of knowing that there's always more room to grow. Our training program constantly evolves every year. My business evolves every year because it's really important for me to be able to be in it for the reasons that are aligned with me, which is making sure that people are getting a ton of value in trusting us with their investment, making sure that they're being trained properly. And in order for them to be trained properly, I also need to be a student of the craft. So it's really important for me, or it's within my moral code, that I am also performing camouflage services on a daily basis. So therefore, when I extend advice, tips, and education to our mentees, that I'm doing it from a place of experience and not from textbook. And I think that's what helps breed the pleasure and fulfillment and the fun in being an educator for me. I think you guys can all look back at all the teachers in your life and probably count with one hand, if not only a few fingers, of teachers that had made an impact in your life versus ones that were not really in their life purpose. There was one teacher in particular in college that completely shifted my entire mindset. You could just tell he was in his zone of genius, that he was in his element, that he really, really enjoyed what he did. And because of that, I still remember him to this day. And I remember being so excited to go to his classes every day. He was the highlight of most of my college year, that entire year, going to his class, learning from him. And it was because everything was in sync. He was truly living out his purpose and his essence to the highest degree. And I think you can tell that from certain trainers as well. You know, some people are just in it for the easy bug. Some people are are in it for the wrong reasons. And then there are going to be some really great educators out there who are really invested in teaching you the proper technique and supporting you. But you can say that about any industry. And it's not about making someone wrong or right, because I think in life in general, most people have a very disempowering relationship with money. And so if you were brought up to believe that money is extremely hard, hard work, that you have to hustle until your eyes bleed out to make a ton of money, when you see that there is an easier way to do it, what do you think you're going to be drawn to do? So again, it's not to make people right or wrong. I just believe that that's just the way that it is. But as a consumer or as an artist or aspiring artist, it's really up to them to have the discernment to kind of work things out to really see if an educator is aligned with them and to do their research, etc. But as for a technician, so to kind of bring it back to this question, absolutely, there's so many different ways that you can grow your business, even if in the simplest form of just focusing on you being a really great technician for your clients and doing really, really beautiful work and changing lives. Yes, absolutely. You can make a really, really 
good impact and income. I think you can definitely have both. But you have to ask yourself, is that what you really want? And if the answer is yes, then by all means, ignore everyone else and just focus on your zone of genius, on what feels good for you, and everything will just continue to expand from that. There's always many, many different ways to make more income in your business. It doesn't have to be the training route. Also, have fun with it. Ask the universe to show you artists who aren't training, who are also leading very, very successful businesses. And I think that's going to help bring some clarity on what your version of success looks like and what that is defined by. I know for me this year, my motto is really embracing and owning the energy of the less I do, the more I make. And because of that, my version of success by the end of the year is having A players on my team who are providing excellent customer service to our clients, whether they're students or actual customers, increasing my prices and having more time and fun to creatively express myself. And you guys are seeing part of that. You know, we're We've launched the Behind the Curtain series webinars that have random topics that gear towards business development or tattooing techniques. And we're just having a lot of fun just creating different things and seeing where it takes us and knowing that the money will flow where my attention goes. And so I hope that helps you. Thank you so much for dropping us a note and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd love to connect and help you more. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer, please send it to jade at studioconceal.com. That's J-A-Y-D at studioconceal.com. And I might highlight it on my podcast. I find what's often personal is most general. So if this episode helped you, please share it with a friend who may need the encouragement and inspiration. I'll catch you on the next one.